Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, Bulls Nation? Welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. Joined by my guy, Big Dave. Bow! B-A-W-L Sports. Ah! Our guy, Kevin Wells, filling in for Joey on the production controls today. Fresh week of Bulls content coming at you. Um, first and foremost, Big Dave, how are you? How was Yo. your weekend? Weekend was cool. Weekend was chilled, which is my favorite kind of weekend. I like boring on my weekends. Love chill. I, I enjoy boring. Enjoying boring is my stuff. It's how I roll, man. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. How about you? It was wonderful. Uh, started the weekend off by going to night two of our CSGO Bears draft party uh, over at uh, Joe's on Weed. Had a wonderful time there. Want to give a quick shout out to everybody on our CSGO Bears crew, everybody on our CSGO production team that mm-hmm. works tirelessly in not just the weeks, but months leading up to the NFL draft. Obviously something that Bears fans get so jazzed for every year. And uh, it was really fun to uh, sort of just soak up that experience I, I know you went to, uh, to night one on thursday it was just really fun to see a bunch of bears fans gathered for something so exciting when bears fans probably have some of the most optimism across chicago sports landscape right now which is crazy to say coming on the heels of a three-win season but dude bears fans every pick people were cheering people were excited to hear what our bears crew had to say it was so much fun that's my favorite part of the draft um, is watching people cheer for players. They know they have no idea who they are and right. what they do, uh, but it's always great. You know, it's like Greg Sloschek. Yeah, Sloschek. Yeah. It's like, dude, you don't know who that is. He, he's a, he's, you know, he's an offensive tackle. You, you in the fifth round when they're like, right. we don't care. That's our team. But, but I will say bears fans are extremely knowledgeable, extremely, extremely knowledgeable. So they know that stuff. And, I think you went on the day, Matt, where you probably saw more of the diehard uh, Bears fans because, you know, those are the later rounds. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some people know who they're picking and have done some homework for those picks in rounds two, three. And then you know, once you get to like four or five, six, you know, I, I had heard of the guys that the Bears took in the second and third rounds, but I didn't know a whole lot about them. Like I, right. I hasn't done as much NFL draft homework as I had in years past. But sure. the, my favorite part is when they pick those guys in rounds four, five, six, seven, that you've never heard of, but then you watch their highlight reels from college. You're like, I love this guy. He's all right. He's right, going to yeah. be great. You just <laughs> yourself into it immediately. Like the post draft high you get as a Bears fan. You're like, our yeah. team is amazing. Yeah, th- that is a fact. It, I've done that many a day. Just saw the tape of a seventh rounder. It was like, you know what? He's got a shot. He's got a shot, man. You know, difference maker. He's gonna be a yeah. difference maker. He can be that guy. He can be that guy. You know, you, you never know. But I will say, I haven't seen any tape kind of jump off. You know, at, outside of the offensive lineman they drafted in the first round, mm-hmm. that dude's that that dude's nice. I, I like the receiver. He didn't leap off the page, but he runs a four three. So you know, that's awesome. And everybody else they got uh, is big and can run. So mm-hmm. so I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah, man, Lo- love getting uh, Darnell right in the in the first round. So yeah, yeah, for uh, for Justin Fields, uh, and Same I loved man. all of his answers too. Loved it. Yeah. Um, we also had a wonderful start to our Monday uh, in Bulls Nation because just when you think Joe Kim Noah can't do anything to make Bulls fans love him even more than we already do, <laughs> you get something like what happened this morning, which is 
a segment of an interview that Joakim did with Sham Sharanya for his show Inside the Association. Mm-hmm. When Joakim announced that he, through his Noah's Ark Foundation, along with many other organizations around Chicago, violence prevention organizations, is launching a new basketball league in Chicago called the One City Basketball League. Mm-hmm. I... All right, Matt, I... relax. <laughs> relax, man. I was seriously yelling <laughs> up as I was watching Joakim talk about this <laughs> on Twitter this morning, Dave. I... You know this is my guy. You know I, this I, is my guy. I know it. I know it well, Matt. I understand. He gave yes. us another reason to love him. This man yeah. keeps giving to the city of Chicago, and it honestly emotionally overwhelms me. Yeah, I, I know, man. I know it does, sir. Um, I, I remember I sent it in the morning and out to you guys, and, and when I watched it, I was just like, yeah, Joe Kim Noah is a really good dude. Like 28, like you said, 28 other violence prevention uh, programs. And just to put this together, to bring the city together, you know, um, and nothing brings anything together more like, you know, basketball, especially here in Chicago. Like we're, we Chicago, you know what I mean? We play ball here. It's what we do. Mm-hmm. So him understanding that and just understanding the community and also wanting to make an impact because I like the things what, that he had to say about Chicago. I, th- I thought those are really key and I'm, I'm sure we'll get into them in a second, but, but yeah, man, like, like you said, Matt, just another reason to show your respect and your admiration and your love for Joe Kim Noah, because it's a city that adopted him. It's not a city he's from, you know, mm-hmm. it's a city that adopted him and showed him uh, unconscious love uh, just for the way that he has uh, treated us here. Yeah, he has. Um, he spoke, as you mentioned, a lot about why he still feels the motivation and the drive to, to do things like this in the city of Chicago. Kevin, I don't know if you have that quote that you could throw up there. There it is. Thank you. Saying Chicago is a place that gave me everything I had playing for the Chicago Bulls. So I always wanted to do work in the city. The city's divided in a lot of ways. And one of the ways to unify the city is through hoop. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to unify the city. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact, and, and I saw some Bulls fans kind of commenting about this on Twitter today uh, as they saw this. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that Joe Kim's not even from Chicago, yeah. but still feels not only this sense of connection to the city because Bulls fans showed him that outpouring of love because of how he carried himself while he was here and yeah. was a part of a crucial part of some of the best teams we've gotten to experience post dynasty, mm-hmm. but the fact that he's still doing it mm-hmm. long after having, you know, ha- long after his days of actually wearing a Bulls jersey. Joakim has not been a Chicago Bull since 2016. Mm. That's Mm. seven years ago. Seven years ago, and he's still this entire time through the Noah's Ark Foundation and everything else he does, comes through this city of Chicago regularly to work on all of his various charitable events, organizations, donations, giving his time, giving his money, and the dude's not even from here. Like I, yeah. but like as far as I think most Bulls fans feel, it's like, dude, no, Joe, you are Chicago. Like you will always be Chicago because he does stuff like this. Yeah, without without a question, Matt. Um, he will be Chicago. We we adopt, you know what I mean, and we show love and we surround you with love when you do certain things, and it starts with the heart. You know, Chicago is one of those cities where it starts. You know what I'm saying? With your heart. Like, we know you got skill. We know you can play. We know you're talented. But just growing up here and playing ball, it was it was about that, sure. But who's calling foul all the time? You know what I'm saying? When we playing ball, bro. Like, you know, how many hits can you take when you're going to the rim? How many rebounds you getting? You know what I mean? That fight, that determination. That's, that's kind of what Chicago is in every sport. That's who we kind of gravitate to. Uh, in basketball, it's easier to see. Because, uh, you know, there's, there's no helmets, no padding or anything like that. Like, guys are just going hard every single time. And to do it for 82 games. And then the the things he would say about representing the city. And then he would draw a line in the sand about, no, I hate all of y'all. I roll with this over here. You know what I mean? Like, those kind of things are what endear him to, to Chicago. Because we're like that about our city. When we go out of town and people say anything about us, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, relax. You know what I mean? You can't really say that kind of stuff around Chicagoans. We're going to take offense to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't care if it's true or not. We'd be like, hold on, dude. You, 
It's like talking about somebody family member. I don't care if it's true. My cousin's in jail. Like you can't say nothing about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it works like that here in the city. And yeah, Joe Kim Noah was definitely adopted. But the fact, like you said, Matt, just the outpouring of love and giving that he continues to show is just amazing. And and one more thing, the one of the best things the Bulls did, Matt, was make him an ambassador. Mm-hmm. Because for me, and I don't mean this in disrespectfully to any other other ambassadors uh, previously, his predecessors. But for me, he embodies it more than anyone I've seen in, in that. Because that dude's not just at the games. He's right. everywhere. You know, he's in the city, bro. Like, he's all over. He's doing stuff like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's showing this kind of love to Chicago, man. Like, it's not just lip service and showing up and sitting front right. row. He won't even sit front row. It's, you know it's not just sitting in the Reinsdorf's owner's box at right. the United Center and watching the first half and leaving at halftime. Mm-hmm. which. Correct. You know, without naming any names, I'm pretty sure is what a lot of the former Bulls ambassadors over the years have done, many of whom were part of those dynasty teams that the fan base is still obsessed with. Mm-hmm. But none none of them do the level as far as volume or quality as the charitable stuff that Joakim does because he wants to give back to the city of Chicago, which is, again, why I've always loved him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And this this league in particular, I just think is such a brilliant idea and something that has potential to do legitimate good in the city. We, and we yes. know some of the things that get said about the city of Chicago and this city's violence problem are way overblown on the national media scale. And some people who talk about it don't know what they're talking about and just relay the same couple of sentences and a couple of misguided or flat out false statistics that they see on some news yeah. programs or in their Twitter feed. Yeah. But ground root stuff like this that can yeah. actually spark positive change in a city yeah. to help heal some of the parts of it that are hurting the most mm-hmm. is so cool and so meaningful. Kev, do you have that screenshot of some of the details about this one city basketball league. There it is. Thank you. So it's an incentivized basketball program for young men aged between 16 and 25 living in the West and South sides of Chicago league members comprising of collaborations with 28 existing violence prevention groups. The league provides all of the following financial incentives for players, Mm. off court programs, family services through the ladies of the arc program which i believe is the the wing of the noah's ark foundation that joe keen's mother uh organizes and they do a lot of great stuff and paid job opportunities for site managers coaches and officials in Mm. this basketball league i mean like it's like a, a, a spider with eight limbs doing good deeds with all eight limbs and it's just a basketball league it's oh my gosh i love this so much (laughs) it is amazing and awesome man and like you said not only giving them an opportunity on the court but giving them those opportunities around the court and off the court you know what i'm saying like managers coaches you know what i'm saying the table officials like you said like everybody can get a piece of this including the actual players who are playing in the game and the bringing together you know what i'm saying of guys on the west you know what i'm saying out west and on, and on the south side, you know what I'm saying? That's targeted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the young man of 16 to 25, that's targeted, you know what I mean? Right. Like, exactly. that's that's awesome stuff right there. So this is a well-thought-out thing that, that they're doing. Um, it's And it's amazing. And now that, you know, Joakim is involved, you, you could just imagine who's showing up to these. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You could just imagine D-Rose coming out. I wouldn't even be surprised if Obama showed up. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. So it's just what it is because, like you said, Matt, because of who Joe Kim Noah is, it's not just showing up to a basketball game. Some people are going to show up because of who Joe Kim Noah is and the kind of person that he is. And they want to continue to show that support to him that he has shown to this city. It's uh, it, it's just the latest reminder of why Bulls fans love Joe and Joe the person, not just Joe the basketball player. And sure. it not surprisingly kind of harkens us back to something that Bulls fans talk about often since the days of the, the D Rose Joaquin Bulls uh, were disbanded. The way in which Bulls nation feels about this guy makes you wonder why his name and his Jersey number are not hanging in the rafters at the United center. Mm-hmm. There's this weird 
there's only been these numbers and these names since the dynasty ended. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Jerry and Bob Love and MJ and Scotty, mm-hmm. and you got Krause's name hanging up there in the rafters. Mm-hmm. So many yeah. Bulls fans staunchly believe that Joakim Noah and along similar lines, Derrick Rose deserve to have their names and numbers hanging in the United Center rafters. And again, it's, well, do you hang rafters because of who they were on a basketball court? Or do you put into account what they mean to Bulls fans everywhere and the city of Chicago? Because yeah. if that's the case, Joe Keem's jersey should have, been, should have been hanging up there years ago. Yeah. Years yeah. ago. But yeah. continuing to do stuff like this while he was away from the organization and now, as you mentioned, coming back and being an ambassador officially to the organization – them, I mean, you know me. I like. I want them to build a goddamn statue of Joakim Noah because I think he I deserves that. <laughs> but if you if if you can't get on board with the statue, hang that mother freaking thirteen in the rafters. Yeah. On and on so many different levels for so many different reasons. Some something as trivial as like I never want to see a dude named Tony Bradley wearing number thirteen in a Bulls jersey ever again, <laughs> ever again. But the man deserves the respect for everything he's done for that organization and for the city of Chicago. Oh man, yeah, you no one can ever do service to that number <laughs> like ever again, um, especially not get carried out the club like we saw Tony Bradley doing. <laughs> the, that that's what, I think that's what makes it even more frustrating to me, Matt, is he had on that number on top of that, and I'm watching that happen. Anyway, that's a side note, but I think Matt, when Derrick Rose retires, I think that's when the ball will start rolling on both of them personally. Yeah. Um, I think is when he finally hangs it up is when they'll they'll start getting into those kind of things because they're the two next clear ones. Like when you're talking Bulls Mount Rushmore, I don't know how many times I've had this uh, talk with people that have. Of course, they have Derrick Rose, Mike Scotty, but at have Joe Kim Noah on their Mount Rushmore Chicago Bulls, man. They're like, yeah, he didn't average more like, but dude, I loved him. I loved him. And then you can you can go by accolades. You can point to the All NBA. You can point to the All Star. You can point to the um, Defensive Play of the Year, finishing fourth in MVP voting during a season when nobody thought that Bulls had anything, mm-hmm. and he was fourth in MVP voting, creating the point center, which did not exist. <laughs> that was not yeah. a thing. Being a point center wasn't a thing. Joe Kimno was a point center. I never seen that before ever in my life. So yeah, he is deserving because you can't mention. Just like you can't do Michael Jordan without Pippen, you can't do Derrick Rose without Joe Kim Noah. Like, mm-hmm. it goes hand-in-hand hand with both those guys, man. And that's just kind of what it is, bro. Yeah. Um, I, I, like, well said. Well said. I. The last thing, and then we can move on. I am curious if they will make the games of this one-city basketball league open to the public mm. because I would yeah. go. Oh, I know, um, you know, like the, the <laughs> notes and not just to maybe get another chance to give my hero and best friend forever, Joakim Noah, another hug like we got to do in Paris. But uh, as, as this says, it starts in May, uh, which today is May 1st. So like, wh- I want to know where these games are happening. And I know that the central focus of this is not to entertain people. Right. It's to help the people that are involved, um, the players and everyone else around that. That's the primary focus. But if helping could be done by funding it I like dude sell me a sell me a general admission to just like stand on either side of the you know the sidelines along the court I don't even need a chair you sell me a general admission ticket and I will go and give my money to this yeah so I you you best believe I will be investigating whether or not these games will be things that can be attended by the public in Chicago because if so You'll probably go see some pretty entertaining basketball. You know, young men in their athletic primes, 16 yeah. to 25, who mm-hmm. are out there playing and they had something to play for. Yes. I want to go because I want to be entertained by it, but I also want to experience it and I want to support it if I can. Oh, without a doubt. And, and well said, Matt. You want to do all those things and not just, you know, like you said, for Joe Kim Noah, just for the cause in general. You just want to support it and be out there for what he's doing, man. So. Yeah, man, he, he, he's an amazing guy. I think we all know this uh, by now. It's really incredible. Um, can't wait for this uh, podcast with him and Kevin Garnett. 
to come out so we Dude. can sit here and listen to this and let that let that hate be reconciled. You know what I'm saying? It'd be cool because I can't tell you how much I love Kevin Garnett and Joe Kim Noah. And it hurt my heart when they when they couldn't vibe with each other. But now they cool. So I can't wait to see this, bro. I can't wait to see it. They first started teasing Joe Kim's appearance on KG's pod. Yeah. Over a week ago. They did. And they I've did. just been sitting here like hitting refresh <laughs> on KG's uh, Twitter feed, hitting refresh on Joe Kim's Instagram hitting refresh on the podcast <laughs> network that KG works with. I'm like, yeah. where is it? Yeah. Where is it? It's got to be out, man. So I'm, I'm going to say within the next two weeks, it ha- it has to be out there, bro. Because, yeah, it, it's going to go crazy. I promise you that. We're going to be listening. going to be tuning in. I feel, sure. I feel like that, you know, like that Chappelle character. Like, hey, you got, you got that? You got Tyrone Biggums. That, <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got that Joakim KG content, huh? <laughs> lurking in an alley outside the studio of kg's podcast <laughs> like, where is it uh, um well yeah if you know who we are and you know my obsession with joe you were probably not surprised that uh we had to start our episode with that today because yeah not surprised i just love and appreciate that man so much awesome um, person. and and this uh this basketball league sounds like it's going to be a wonderful thing Um, Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to touch on all of the drama from the NBA playoffs that went on over the weekend and look ahead to some of these second-round matchups, some of which have already kicked off. We've also got some injury updates on key players and how might that affect some of these second-round series. That's all coming up next here on CHGO Bulls Pod. In the meantime, while Dave is sharing some words from our friends and sponsors, if you're watching Mm -hmm. along with us on YouTube, do us a quick, very easy favor. Hit that thumbs-up button and make sure you're subscribed to CHGO Sports YouTube channel big day oh, who do we got oh, oh matthew they ain't understand they ain't get it shady rays didn't understand it never understood never understood why even kevin asked them why oh k-dub didn't get it either but nobody understood and shady rays didn't get it they said why you got to pay so much money to look cool why do you have to pay so much money for premium polarized shades to put on your beautiful face? Shady Ray said, no more. We ain't doing that for you no more. We're going to hook you up. We're going to give you those premium polarized shades and give it to you at an affordable price. Because it's Shady Ray's, y'all. That independent sunglasses company that offers that world-class product. Those durable frames. Those extremely clear optics for your outdoor. And as Matt Peck proves to you, indoor adventures oh and of course they have got the matt peck lost and broken replacements plan hat gone anger swirling about glasses are broken because they were on that hat oh you are upset and frustrated now but never fear because shady ray said send us those broken pairs we'll send you a brand new one no questions asked and if you don't like the pair that you got you saying, I ain't feeling this style right here. Pick another style. Send it back. Shady Rays will send you that style within 30 days. No questions asked. They have your back, ladies and gentlemen. They ain't trying to have you out there looking bogus. They're going to have you out there looking right. The premium polarized shades, y'all. Oh, now, how about they give you their best deal of the season? Huh? How about it? So go to ShadyRays.com, use that promo code C-H-G-O. You know what it is, C-H-G-O, for 50% off of two-plus pairs of those premium polarized shades. Try for yourself. <laughs> shades that got five stars, y'all, five stars from 250,000 people. You can be one of those people as well. That lets you know that everybody is happy with their Shady Rays. Go on down to Shady Rays, because Shady Rays, where the Rays are oh so shady. Oh, so they am shady. Today's episode of CSGO Bulls also brought to you by our friends at ComEd, Dave. Don't we love our friends at ComEd? They're such wonderful people. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Absolutely. They're not just friendly. They're helpful, because the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve. Mm-hmm. Helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Mm-hmm. That's right. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, 
and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comet also offers the free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems and commercial kitchen equipment and industrial processes. Mm. Now, at this point, Dave, you're probably wondering to yourself, well, that Mm -hmm. all sounds great, Matt, but how does it work? It's probably complicated, right? How did you know that? Oh, my God. Here's the thing. It's not complicated. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and your needs. These can be done in person or, if you're busy, right here on your laptop and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing all the energy efficiency projects that they can start working on in their home or in their business right Mm. away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings. That's how much energy you save. So you're like, oh, no, I don't need another coffee today because I got my common energy savings. Boom. Plus the cost savings. That's the money back in your pocket. The project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. Mm. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comment.com slash powering biz. Dave, you probably wanted to reconfirm just how awesome that website sounds, right? Well, I do would like to reconfirm how that sounds, Matt. Please do that for me. And can you please spell that last three letters? Because I don't know if that was spelled correctly. You're right. You're right. I got you. I got you. And it's comed.com slash powering biz, B-I-Z, uh, is. Gotcha. I'm on that's it. That's how we say it in the biz. I say it say. in the biz. <laughs> Doing the biz. Saying it in the biz. Saying it is with the biz, do the biz. Schedule your comed business meeting today. Today, do it. All right. Um, I feel like we have to start with Warriors Kings, Dave. Sure. Game seven. Game sevens, baby. By points scored, those of us who blocked out our calendars so that we could sit on our couch or sit wherever <laughs> and watch this epic game seven witnessed. The greatest offensive performance in the history of NBA Game 7s. Yes, you did. Wardell Stephen Curry. Unbelievable, man. It's crazy that somehow this man still feels underappreciated to me in the modern NBA era. People love saying, uh, yeah, Steph, okay, he's great. He's not that great. He's not in the conversation for greatest point guards of all time. He's not in the greatest conversation for top 10 players of all time. And then until this past year when they were champs yet again for the fourth right. time, oh, well, he's never won finals MVP, blah, 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 blah. What, what, what does this man have left to do mm. to earn the respect that he deserves? Because that is one of the greatest playoff performances I've ever seen. Ever seen, will ever see, and he did it on the road. And that's what adds to it right there. See, that's some it's some shit. Game seven on the road. Shit. That's what see for me. That's what adds to the legacy is these kind of situations that are set up. Not when everything's going right or everything's going good. I'm talking about when your team all season long has been pure ass on the road and you're going up against, I believe, the best uh, home team in the NBA, the number what two, three seed, three seed, the number Mm -hmm. three seed in the Kings. Everybody's light and beams. You're coming back off a loss in a place where you don't really lose. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they handled them, you know, in that place. Also in the game, you got your boy, Clay Thompson having a bad game. Four not of 19. Four yeah, of not 19. Great. Not great, Bob. He wasn't on point. And going into that halftime, Matt, I was watching that game. And then I just was like, wait a minute. This is like tied. Like, it was like a one point game. I was like, uh Oh, I was like, this ain't good. Because Warriors are not playing well in that first half at all. At all, man. But the fact that they had it right there, I was like, this this could be a problem. And a problem indeed it was. Because Clay started it. He got he started hitting some buckets, which mm-hmm. we knew he would. That four-point play Clay had was pretty epic. Woo! Huge. We put the three like this, mm-hmm. yes. But Wardell, he finished it. And I mean finished it hard. Sent all y'all home. I don't know what else he has to prove, Matt. I just think this is how legacies happen. Is people set up the barriers and you just run through them. And you just you keep running until there aren't any left. 
And then you look up and that means you've done something that nobody has ever done in the NBA. Mm -hmm. So that's all he's doing right now, man. It's just continuing to run through these barriers, smash them down. Cause I mean, this dude is plain old fashioned special. All right. I, you ain't never seen nothing like this. I ain't never seen this in my life, dog. The dude who plays like this kind of way, who's a threat as soon as he crosses half court. You're a threat. Like, that's terrifying, man. What a what a nightmare of a player he is. And and the thing is, it was such a beautifully well-rounded performance. Yeah. Um, I got Daddy Fish in the comments saying, Steph, most unbeatable player I've seen since MJ. Ooh, so we we all know and love watching Steph get hot from deep. And he was seven of 18 from three in this, uh, you know, all important game seven. Yeah. He was 13 of 20 inside the arc. And some of those finishes you saw him make amongst the trees, these twisting, contorting ways where you're like, how did he get open for that floater just now? Or right. how did he put that exactly correct English on that ball right. to get that layup to go as he's flying out of bounds after getting contact? Right. He also chipped in with eight boards and six times. And the man had one turnover. Steph, Steph had that ball in his hand the whole damn game. The whole damn game. He had one turnover to his 50 points. Oh, my gosh. And and Matt, what what add, that's crazy, first of all. That's insane. <laughs> that's, insane. that's absolutely insane. Um, but it's also, Matt, the fact of how unassuming he is, you know? Like when you look at LeBron, you're expecting that to be great. Like that's six foot eight, six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pounds, just pure train. You're supposed to be a monster. This dude comes in, you know what I'm saying? Barely six three. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it. You're barely six three, not so big, not so long, but I mean dominating fashion. What he does, man, he's for me, he's terrifying from three, but he's scarier for me from two because from two, it just feels super automatic. Like, it feels mm-hmm. automatic from three, but anytime I see him shooting a jumper, I'm like, Cash, like, I, I never think it's a miss, ever. Mm-hmm. I think it's going in. His layup package is disgusting. His handles are vicious. Like, you can't foul him and send him to the free throw line. That's three points. You know what I mean? Like, what do you do with somebody like this? You Nothing. You just have to hope and pray that he has a bad game and try to answer them like the Kings did. The Kings mm-hmm. just tried to answer that. But, ladies and gentlemen, there is no answer for greatness. It just is. You mm-hmm. just say greatness, man. And that's what you saw. You saw pure old-fashioned greatness. And I, I wanted to highlight this because I think it is a cool thing that speaks to the way that Steph is respected by his peers and his teammates. Because everybody knows that when it comes to this core of champion warriors, yeah, Draymond's the one yapping all the time. Always. All the Always. time. Yap, yap, yap. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm trying to light a fire within my own team or I'm trying to instigate some shit with our opponents, Draymond's mouth is always open. And mm. like, I don't even want to get into this. You know, he went and did his show and was like bad-mouthing Sabonis for not shaking hands at the end. Whatever. Oh, please. Right. Curry is the one who spoke up between games six and seven. Um, there was a co-written column in The Athletic this morning from Marcus Thompson and Shams. And it was all about what was said and how the Warriors reacted to what was said by their lead by example, not by words, most of the time, leader, Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. So here's just a quick excerpt, uh, excerpt from it I wanted to read. So this is Steph talking to the team before their film session on Saturday after embarrassing loss could have been clinch on their home floor game six Friday. Curry told the team he believed in them that they had enough to win. He asked them for their trust in return. He assured them he could deliver victory if they all bought in. He implored them to put all of their feelings aside and lock into the unified mission. Anyone who wanted to remain in their emotions, he told them to stay home. Anyone who was ready for their vacation, he told them not to get on the bus for Sacramento. And he said that after standing up in their film room and saying something to the effect of, I know I don't speak often, but right now I got something to say. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, that is goon shit. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Period. Point play. That's what that is. That's goon. That is goon stuff right there, ladies and gents. Get, Get out. You ain't here to win. Get out. 
Right. We're trying to win. And I don't care who's coming with me because I'm winning. That's right. the mentality he has right now, dog. This is a win that's going to happen. Matt, you saw it when Draymond was out that game when he got suspended. That was Steph Curry who carried him to that victory. That was all Steph. He knew they needed it, and he did it. But my God, this one right here, this is just you can't doubt me anymore kind of greatness kind of stuff. So going into a game, you just have to chalk that up, you know, mm-hmm. in certain situations. You're like, well, no, nope, Steph is going to do Steph. All right, let's worry about anybody else around us. Even in a game seven, I don't know if you could just sit here and just be like, well, I don't know about the Warriors. No, you can't really go in with that attitude with that dude like that, man. You can't. You got to go in like, yeah, Warriors going to pull this one out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's it's. It reminds me just of how you talk about great players. I always talked about Jordan and never felt he was going to lose in right. those situations. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm trying to think of another player that was like that. It was it was several players like that that I just like, I don't feel like they're going to lose in any of these situations. Magic was like that. Bird was like that. Um, it was like that for me. So if I'm talking about him in them kind of categories, for me, that's saying a whole lot, bro, because it takes a lot for me to put you up there with, you know what I'm saying, on, on – uh, near Mount Rushmore, you know what I'm saying, with these guys on Mount Olympus, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, with these dudes, man. Like, you got to be something truly special, and he is something truly, absolutely, undeniably special. And it's great that he basically just told them, if you have any of your own issues or your personal problems or things things that you're feeling sensitive or unhappy about right now, check that shit at the door or, right. don't, or don't come. <laughs> and, you know, there have been reports – towards the back half of the season within the Warriors that there's some turmoil in that locker room. There's maybe some chemistry problems. Some of the younger guys on the team, Kaminga, Jordan Poole, complaining about their lack of minutes, about their roles on the team. And Steph basically, in a rare moment of vocal leadership, said, we're not going out like this. Yeah, We are the goddamn defending champion, four-time champion, Golden State Warriors. And this might be it. There's also been reports that this could be the last run for this Warriors team as it's assembled because we all know, you know, Draymond's got a contract thing coming up this summer. We don't know if the Warriors are going to double down again on this aging core or if this is their last run. We're not losing a game seven on the road after having a chance to clinch our first playoff or our first round playoff win at home and screwing it up that badly. We're not Mm -hmm. going out like that. And yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about saying something and then freaking delivering on it. He said, yeah. he said, fall in line behind me. If you're in, get in. I got this. And then he went and put up a 50 burger on the road. Insane, though. You know, you know what it you know what it does, Matt, also is you I keep I keep going back to Jordan when when I'm thinking of these things, man, because he was the only player like I remember making me feel like that. And a lot of people would say Kobe uh, as well. You know what I'm saying? That that made you feel like that. But when you see him walk on the floor, you know, or you making a, a, a bet or whatever against him, you can't use logic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In mm-hmm. these situations. Jordan, you couldn't use logic right. in that. I don't care who he was playing against. I saw him go against better teams. I saw him go against teams that were stacked, solid in a do or die situation no matter what i got mike it don't matter i got mike i'm I'm winning right and and that's against the logic of what it looks like yeah. steph curry is getting to that level for me man where i'm just like against the logic of it looking at the team and you're breaking down the numbers and all that like oh no well no they do this this, this. i got steph you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like let, let, let's go out there and see and i think that's what it's doing for me now in these playoffs, I'm like, how can I pick against? Like, I'm just gonna have to see it li- lose, like you keep saying. Like, it's right. just g- gonna have to see it for me to be like, okay, well, they ain't gonna get it. And, it, and it, to put him in that category is is a huge thing for me, dog. It really is because I don't put a lot of people in that category, dog. But right. after watching what I've been watching for years, and after what I saw yesterday, mm, I don't see how he can't be there, man. Right? Uh, you know, and that that's the very exciting thing about what happens next is now you get Steph versus LeBron in the playoffs again and maybe for the last time who knows it's it's very possible that this could be the last LeBron Steph showdown in the playoffs 
Possible. And the wild thing to me is, of course, that will be the major headline of Warriors-Lakers, which, you know, uh, starts in a day. But to me, as far as the X's and O's on the court, the most fascinating matchup is Kevon Looney and Anthony Davis. Yes. Like, what's going to happen there? Because Kevon Looney just made Sabonis, a guy who might be all NBA this season, look absolutely silly in that series. And Anthony Davis was so hot and cold in the Lakers' first series against Memphis. Anthony Davis has been hot and cold all season long. Mm -hmm. So which Anthony Davis is going to show up? And is Kevon Looney going to give him fits? That's the matchup I can't wait to see. He is definitely going to give him fits. Like, Anthony Davis was dominating those Grizzlies because I'm telling you, Steven Adams wasn't out there. He had nobody to go up against. You know what I'm saying? He could go be tough and flex his muscle inside. Looney is not that kind of guy. You know, he, he's more on the Steven Adams kind of level with a little more flair for the offensive thing. Mm-hmm. But he is Ten definitely – rebounds yesterday. Boom, right Ten. there. He is he is physical. You know what I'm saying? He is a physical human being. And even saying that against Sabonis, and that's what Sabonis do is grab boards, bro. Mm-hmm. Not, no, Looney, dude. Looney, as I like to say, dog. But, hey, it's going to be Actually, tough, bro. it's Schnee Blay. It's Schnee Blay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> yo, man, it's, it's gonna be tough, bro. Like, like, beat Daddy Fish said, Looney is Goonie. <laughs> like, man, he's tough, man, and and that's going to be tough for AD to go against, man. So, it's gonna be an interesting series, bro. Like, it's gonna be a lot of shit talking, and it's, it's gonna be a lot of stuff, man. And Steph and LeBron both know that both of them are kind of approaching ends of certain things, mm-hmm. so. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how these two come out. And, you know, because this is, like you said, it's a series everybody kind of wanted to see. So it's, it's going to be interesting, man. We're going to be watching. I know that. It's going to be fascinating. I'm just going to throw this last grenade before our, our second ad break. Okay. If the Warriors move on and Steph continues to play like this in the playoffs and say Steph gets five. Okay. Does, does that change where people have Steph compared to LeBron? It's, oh, the conversation will start. I don't care what nobody says, bro. Listen, the conversation is going to have to begin. Toss it in. <laughs> Toss it. Because, listen, you're talking about a dude who keeps beating you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if that occurs because he keeps beating you, how can you not have the conversation? Like, seriously, it's going to have to occur. This is a huge thing for legacy right here. And nobody likes narrative better than LeBron. So mm. it's going to have to be a thing, bro. Like, it's going to be interesting, yeah. man. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I just hope Draymond doesn't take it easy on LeBron because he worships him. You know, that's that that's going to be another interesting, you know, matchup throughout the series is Very LeBron, so. LeBron checking or, you know, Draymond checking LeBron. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's take our second break. We'll come back to wrap up with some thoughts on these other second round series that we got, including Nick's Heat. It's yeah. the late 90s, guys. We're yeah. back in the late 90s. Oh, my God. <laughs> that game won. Woof. <laughs> Today's episode of CHGO Bulls also brought to you by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA and NBA playoff action is here. We are talking about it. We are soaking up every quarter of it. So get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA playoff game and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone should be making those no-sweat same-game parlays. We got two NBA games on deck tonight. Game one, um, Sixers-Celtics. Game two, Nuggets-Suns. Make your same-game parlay picks for both of those games. And if you don't hit on those parlays, no worries, because you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So you could try again on the next batch of playoff games. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up to take advantage of that incredible offer for $5 down on any NBA money line. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. (laughs) Yes. So if you're watching them horses and you're gambling on it, y'all, you might as well look good when you do it. And the place you can go 
is CHGO Locker. That's one of the places you can go to for sure. But then after that, you check out FOCO, baby, because FOCO will get you fitted out in the best sports gear around. The hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in Betwix. It's springtime, y'all, and it's baseball season. Oh, get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, your bags, and everything you're going to need for the game, including, including some Kleenex because I'm a White Sox fan. Set <laughs> they decoration. Got, they got to win, Dave. They got to yeah. win. Amazing. And, streak over. Hey, great. And I watched that win. Nice three-run homer by Vaughn to win it. And as you saw, it was 15 people there to watch it. It was great to see. Sell the team, Jerry. Oh, God, my team. Oh, Lord. Foco, they also donated some awesome set pieces, y'all. So when you're watching the CHGO, when we're in studio, look behind us because I promise you it's some cool set pieces there. Or when the Blackhawks are there. Or when the Bears are there. Or when the Cubs are there. Or when the Sky is there. Or when the Fire is there. Or when the Red Stars are there. We got it all covered because Foco be looking out for all of us, including yourself. So check out Foco.com. Or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO and get your wonderful self 10% off. Because it's FOCO! Faux show. All right, moving along in our NBA playoff talk. Um, Nuggets, Suns. Game two on deck tonight, as I mentioned, 9 p.m. Chicago time tip off on that one nuggets take game one Ugh. and you know Jokic does Jokic things not a super efficient night shooting the ball but still gives you 24 19 boards and five dimes mr point center mm-hmm. but i can't help but think that the reappearance of bubble jamal murray Ooh. is what might actually take the nuggets to maybe winning it all this year because paired with Jokic. That duo might be the most lethal duo still standing in the NBA playoffs, Dave. I don't know if you feel differently. No, man. I said it when we were, again, I've said this a couple times before. When we were doing our rankings for standings for the Western Conference, and I had them at five, I said the reason I have them at five is because I don't know if Jamal Murray is going to be healthy. I said if he is healthy, they are the best team in the West, period. Jamal Murray's healthy. Damn. <laughs> dude, my God. Like it was it was a beating what they put on them dudes. And they're so deep. And that's the problem with it. They are so deep, man. Mm-hmm. That and I understand the top heaviness is really top heavy. You know what I'm saying? On the sun. We're talking Kevin Durant. We're talking uh Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Like that's a ridiculous big three right there. That's 40, 40, and at least 20 and 10 coming from them, man. But my God, Jamal Murray just will destroy. And he is fourth quarter disgustingness in that fourth. And he's a solid, really good passer, along with the Joker, who is a nightmare to defend because Aiden ain't about to guard him no time soon. He's going to be cooking him the whole series. Mm -hmm. Get ready to watch it. So when guys, Matt, outside of Murray, when I saw Aaron Gordon having a good game, I was like, this game's over. If Aaron Gordon's going to score 20, mm-hmm. there's no way you're winning. Brent Brown going to come out here and do this to you? You're not right. winning. You know what I'm saying? So, but Murray, like you said, man, Bubble Murray, whatever you want to call him, he is a special basketball player. So I hope he continues to have that health, man, because they, they for me, they are set up to make this long, long playoff run, man, into the finals. Yeah. as you know, like on the Sun side of things, uh, whereas, you know, the Nuggets put all five starters in double figures. And then you mentioned, you know, Bruce Brown, he had 14 off the bench. The uh, the Suns only got double figures from obviously KD and Booker, 29 and 27, respectively. 14 from Aiton, 11 from Paul. Mm. Nobody else had double figures. Mm. So it's like, if not, if at least one of KD and or Booker goes closer to 40 than 30, Suns might have a tough time figuring out a way to win this series because they both, you know, so they both took 19 shots uh, in game one, which seems like a small number for each of them to have, but they both fell short of 30 points. The Suns cannot win a best of seven series against this Nuggets team 
if KD and Booker com- are combining for, even if it's a shade under 60 points, a shade under 60 points. Yeah. I, I just don't see their path to victory without that. And what makes it even more uh, interesting, like what you're saying, is they did all this while playing a real heavy amount of minutes. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. they played a lot, bro. Like they were out there on that floor. I'm looking at now Booker played 40. You know what I mean? Chris Paul mm-hmm. played 32 and Durant played 36. Right. Like which is a little be... less than their first round series against the Clippers. Yes. Yeah, and but you saw the buckets they were putting up in that first round series as well. Like you saw Booker having like 40 plus games out there when you so I'm saying if you're gonna be out there for that long then them the numbers you should be putting up is what I'm saying. Right. If you're yeah. going to be out there that long and not putting up those numbers, and keep in mind, they sat a lot in that fourth quarter because the game was over. Mm-hmm. But if you're still putting up those numbers and those minutes, and not, I'm sorry, if you're still putting up those minutes and not getting those kind of numbers, you're in trouble against this team, dog, because they're going to run and run and run. And Chris Paul and KD can't run all the time. Booker can, but them dudes can't run all the time, man. Like, they got to figure something out, man. They got they got to get some help from somebody else, bro. Like somebody else has to hit five, six threes for them, man, for them to continue to be in this. Yeah. Um, okay. So shifting to the east with our remaining time, we got Sixers Celtics game one Ooh. of that two versus three series tonight, six thirty Chicago time tip off. So a little over hour and a half from right now. Still not fully certain if Embiid is going to give it a go in this game. Earlier yeah. today, Shams was on his show and said, quote, I think there's some thought around this team that it would be a miracle, end quote, if Embiid laces up and plays. And then mm-hmm. I just saw another tweet from from uh, Woj right before we went on at 4 o'clock saying it was, quote, unlikely for mm-hmm. Embiid to play. So that still doesn't sound like he's been officially ruled out, ruled out. Maybe mm-hmm. we're still looking at a game-time decision. But let me tell you this. He's had some time to recover because they got a quick, you know, easy sweep from Brooklyn in round one. They did. If Embiid cannot play, obviously, or even play close to himself, I I think this is a cakewalk for Boston. Oh, there's no doubt. <laughs> like, this is an ass whooping. Um, if they can't have the MVP out there, like, it's an ass whooping. Like, the, the leading scorer in the NBA, <laughs> you're taking him out the lineup, and he's one of your, probably your best defender, you know, and just because he's that formidable, it's a problem, dog. And the rumors that I've heard going around, it's, you know, something saying it's a tear, you know, and all this other stuff, whatever I've heard, none of it's been good, is all we're saying. Whether it's come officially from Woj or hitting a rumor mill, nothing's been good mm-hmm. coming back from him. But you're absolutely right, like, Matt, like, they're in trouble. If, they, if he can't be there, because these Celtics, man, they're hungry. They're they're starving, all right, and and they see blood in the water mm-hmm. among among the entire Eastern Conference because they're they win this they're the true powerhouse left. You know what I'm saying in the Eastern Conference they're the true one left. So yeah, man, they smell that blood in the water, man. And if Embiid ain't out there, that them piranhas are gonna surround and attack. So you know, people often say, well, throw the regular season series between two teams out the window if they meet in the playoffs in a best of seven. And there are certainly some elements of truth to sure. that. Sure, sure. Boston won this uh, Sixers-Celtics regular season series three games to one this year. The one game that Philly was able to win, Jalen Brown was sitting out with his injury late in the end of the re- towards the end of the regular season. Philly had their full arsenal. Mm. The Sixers won by two mm. and needed a 52-point performance from Embiid to win mm. by two. Mm. I'm just, you know, not to say that other things can't happen and whether it be Maxi or Tobias or Harden having a more impactful game sure. than they had in that sure. one win, I am seeing a very narrow, almost non-existent path to victory if Embiid is not playing and playing near the height of his capabilities. Shout out to, I don't know if you follow him. If you don't, you should. Not just talking to you, Dave, but Bulls Nation, anyone listening. Uh, Nikias Duncan uh, does some of the best yeah, video clips and breakdowns uh, of NBA footage on Twitter. He's a great follow. Um, he was sharing in his uh, Twitter feed earlier today some tape of Sixers Celtics games from this regular season when Embiid was off the floor. Mm-hmm. The Sixers offense against that Celtics defense with no Embiid in it 
Mm. And it was like clip after clip after clip after clip. This thread was like 10 videos long. And it was all the 76ers offense, Sans and Bede, getting their shit pushed in by the Celtics. So I saw that and I was like, oh, if this is the case in this playoff series, it's done. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're in trouble. That's all I know. And the Celtics are just such a deep team. You know what I mean? They're a very deep team. Now, the Celtics are inclined to, you know, let you back in, as we saw with the Hawks. They're they're inclined to do those things. They've done that all season, actually, is let teams back in to games and probably win games that they shouldn't have won. They've done that all year. But I'm interested to see what these Celtics look like, knowing that they're now close to their ultimate goal. And seeing that this best player is down, how do they react? How do they respond to that? You know what I mean? And I think, you know, the goons are coming out. That's how I feel. Like, guys are going to be hungry, man. Like, seriously. So, Maxi, I love. Maxi is a bucket, bro. Like, that dude can play. He's, he's a right? wild card. Yeah, very much so. That's why I'm saying all that. He's very much a wild card. James Harden, he's he's playing way better than, James, than we remember him playing when he was with the Nets. He looks way more comfortable. He's playing way better. Remember, they beat the they beat the Nets without MB. Like they won. You know what I mean? They play off game without that to finish out that sweep. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm not saying the Nets are the Celtics. I'm just saying I've seen them win without them. It can be done. Do I think they'll win a series without them? Absolutely not. I don't. On that note, this just came across my Twitter alerts from Woj just now, 4:55 Chicago time. Sources say Philadelphia 76ers star Joel Embiid has been ruled out of game one versus the Celtics tonight with a sprained right knee. There is optimism of a possible return for game two on Tuesday. Uh, I, I think it says Tuesday. I should say Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So no Embiid tonight officially. All right. There it is. Take so the Celtics. That, Take the yeah. Celtics. That honestly could, though, if he does come back in game two, that could give a little more inspiration for game one. For right. Philly, like yo, man, let's pull this out without him because he'll be back. You know what I'm saying? Game two, so right. That's gonna honestly, that's gonna make it a game for me right there. So, but yeah, take the Celtics. It's unfortunate that that's the case. I, you know, the NBA playoffs and the East second round without Embiid is obviously yeah. a, a a lesser product, a less entertaining product, and and uh, dampens the the level of competition. So hopefully, yeah. Embiid can come back in game two and play that game and throughout the rest of the series. Um, Speaking of injuries in the Eastern Conference playoffs, the Heat took game one in game one of the Jimmy versus Tibbs Bowl. Uh, 108-101 was the final on that one. Julius Randle was a DNP for the Knicks with a sprained ankle. And then in the fourth quarter of that game one, Jimmy Butler badly rolled his ankle and was riding around in pain on the court for a minute. And then got up and hobbled around and finished the game. And, oh, by the way, played 43 minutes in yeah. game one. Sounds Eric right. Polstra pulling a, pulling a Tibbs against yeah. Tibbs. Yeah. Um, it, I hope that Randall can come back in this series. I hope that yeah. Jimmy continues to play healthy at a high level despite rolling his ankle in game one. But to me, that was like just a precursor for the violence that will be this series between these two teams. <laughs> like dude we're talking yeah, mass yeah. casualties from one yeah. playoff series yeah yeah he's he's gonna play first of all he's not missing no games let me just say that jimmy butler is playing this ain't the regular season it's a regular season jimmy would have sat out for four weeks <laughs> but <laughs> but in the playoffs jimmy butler is going to play all right he's gonna play like we get it he's gonna be out there it's the playoffs it's what he plays for but man that and i've said this to you i don't know if there's ever been a series in my recent memory where I truly do not care who wins more than this heat Knicks series right here. I don't like either team. I'm not rooting for either team at all. Great. If, if D, I want D Rose to win, I do. I'm not rooting for it because he plays for the Knicks. Jimmy Butler go to the next round right on. I'm not rooting for it. He plays for the heat. Like I don't have love for either one of these teams, man. So I just sit back and kind of watch it because it's basketball. And I love basketball. And I do like watching the celebrities in the crowd in New York. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I like watching that and seeing Spike Lee actually happy. You know what I'm saying? I like right. seeing that stuff. So, but rooting for whoever? Nah, bro. It ain't going to be none of that for me, sir. You can forget that. 
I ain't rooting for nobody. I'm rooting for Dave. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah. I don't mean to watch the game. I'm, That's it. But I'm rooting for entertainment value. Entertainment. Um, but you're right. I hope Randall comes back. I hope they get a full healthy team because, like you said, man, it's going to be knocked down, drag them out. And that first game was definitely uh, evidence to that. Yeah. Um, Drew is in the comments that he's right there with you. Uh, yeah. No, it, you can't root for either of these teams. As, yeah. as you know, people who grew up watching – uh, you know, the Bulls dynasty in our younger years, the Knicks and the Heat were two teams that you just hated. You yeah. know, both both had their their Pat Riley stink on them at various points. But yes. when, when we first found out that it was going to be Heat Knicks in round two, I don't know about you, Dave. The first thing I thought of was Jeff Van Gundy <laughs> clinging on to the leg of Alonzo Mourning like it was a life raft. Dude. <laughs> do, do you have that photo? I sent you a photo of it. If you could pop it up real quick, if not, no worries. But I, I mean, those oh, of us who are around watching NBA playoffs in the nineties remember that moment. Yes. It is seared into my brain. Yeah, it was a first round series, Knicks yeah. Heat, nineteen ninety eight. It was the uh -huh. last dance season in round yeah. one. And thank you, thank you, Kevin. There it is. Look at this. You got Oakley. You got Old Man Oak. You got Tim Hardaway Senior oh. trying to pry Oakley off. You got Morning giving an elbow to the throat of Oakley, and not quite all the way bald yet. Jeff Van Gundy just just has Alonzo Morning's knee in the grip. Do you know the funny funniest thing about this? And shout out to Vashon Leonard too. But the funniest thing about this, man, was Alonzo Mourning, when he told this story, was exactly his reaction when you saw it. Is he looked down and he's like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what, what, is, what is going on right now? What is that on my leg, dog? What, is, is that the coach? Is that the coach on my leg? What is happening right now? Like, that is, no, that is, that, that should be hung up somewhere, you know what I'm saying, in the Louvre, bro. Like, that is a portrait. That's probably the only heat mix thing I would have in my house if I had a heat mix anything. And like, you know, the video of it, Jelly said Jeff looked like a ragdoll. It was the first time I'd watched the video of that whole fight sequence in a, in a while. Uh, Daniel said, I remember that. It was so funny. It was hilarious. But like when you watch Jeff Van Gundy just storm out onto the court and then you watch in real time as his brain realizes, oh, this is not a fight I belong in. And before I accidentally take a punch from Oakley and that punch might actually just knock me out to death. <laughs> I, I can't give up on this fight because I want to oh. be here fighting for my guys, but I'm just going to sit my butt on the ground and just yank this dude's leg and, <laughs> and try to contribute that way. Cause all of a sudden Van Gundy's on the floor. He like yeah. runs in, then takes mm -hmm. two steps back and is on the ground. And you're like, wait, yep. you didn't take a hit, man. How are you? On the ground? <laughs> How did you end up here? Right, dude. Yeah, it, it is hilarious. He's had explanations about it. And his explanations are just as hilarious as you would expect. Jeff. And I'm sure they're going to bring it up again. How can sure. you not bring it up again? dog? It, it's a folklore of the NBA. But you you also said, what do I think of when I see those two teams? What I honestly think of, Matt, is Allen Houston. Hitting that shot, and then when they were in 1999, mm -hmm. when they were the 1-8 seed, and the Heat were the number one seed, and the Knicks were number eight, and Patrick Ewing was out for the mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. and Allen Houston in that final game five hit that shot that bounced off the hill of the rim and went mm -hmm. in, and they went all the way on to the NBA Finals. All the way to the Finals, because man. Because of that. It was the only time I said... Yeah, I don't mind Patrick Ewing if he gets W on this one. I didn't mm -hmm. mind. I was like, he's been playing. I hope he. I hope he gets it. I didn't root for him, but I was no. like, I hope he gets a ring. No, they did not. <laughs> it, it was it was the time in my life as a Bulls fan that I, I was. It was the immediate aftermath of the dynasty yeah. ending, and right. it was like, oh, we're we're this is ninety eight, ninety nine lockout shortened tank Bulls. Right, right. I want to be entertained, and Correct. that Knicks team was entertaining as hell. With Larry Johnson, baby. LJ, yeah. Spreewell. I was mm -hmm. like, dude, I'm I put them on national TV every freaking <laughs> night, man. Yeah. Those they were fun. awesome. I, I hope we get some sort of skirmish, fight, something yeah. between these teams. Because once they get to, like, game three, game four, yeah. they're going to be so sick of each other. Ooh. I want 
I want Spo holding on to Mitchell Robinson's leg while he and Bam are going at it. I want Tibbs barking out orders. (laughs) (laughs) Attack! Attack! (laughs) Oh, my God. This series has so much potential. Hopefully, everybody is healthy and plays. Uh, All right. That's it. We are out of time. We will be back tomorrow, back in studio with our guy, Will to Go Gottlieb, and we will be carrying on with our player evaluations for the Bulls 22-23 season. Go back and uh, give an episode a watch uh, when we did Zach uh, last week if you missed that one. Uh, So we will see you then, 4 o'clock Chicago time, Tuesday. For uh, for now, get your bets in on DraftKings for tonight's NBA playoff action. Enjoy it. And uh, follow Dave on Twitter. Foul. B-A-W-L Sports on Bulls underscore Pack. We are CHO underscore Bulls. Joakim Noah, you are my everything. (laughs) Shout out to our guy Kevin Wells for rocking the producer controls today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. See Red be good.